0: Behind closed doors. This is Beer and Bee Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Michael, what movie are we going to discuss today?
1: Uh, today we're discussing The Devil's Express from 1976. What beer
0: are we drinking? We're drinking Roosters Brewing Company, double IPA out of Ogden, Utah. Cheers. Cheers. I picked this up recently. I was up
1: in a, the Utah Salt Lake City area, and um, I've been to Roosters. I discovered them when I was up there a few years ago, and I wanted to get some more and bring it back. This is nice, malty.
0: There's very much a tropical taste to this. There is a orange juice brand that I buy for the girls. Every once in a while, they mix in a mango or a pineapple. And that's the taste I get. And uh, then that maltiness at the very end. I mean, it even
1: says on the can, there's a malt backbone and tropical hop finish. And it is. There's mango. I get a lot of mango. Totally could understand pineapple, too. your dry finish. This is yeah. this is tasty. Oh, yeah.
0: 8%? It's, it's nice. It could do you in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: You could, you could get over your skis on this if you weren't careful. <laughs> and sometimes when I was watching this movie, I'll admit, I wasn't careful. Michael... You chose this movie. I did. It was it was one of my Amazon Prime just wanderings, and I saw the poster for it, and I read the description, and I said, "I gotta check this out." It's a, it's a '70s kung fu
0: horror movie with a guy named Warhawk Tanzania. And when I saw that name, I agree with you. This goes on our list for that name alone.
1: I do believe I mentioned this to you. And then you added it to the list. You thought I was at it. And I said, oh, I just wanted you to check it out. And then you put it on. You said, oh, I thought you were picking it. And I said, you know, I hadn't, but it fits. It
0: fits. And it's a B-movie. The budget per IMDb was $100,000. The shoot time was two and a half weeks. There's no name, actors, actresses in this, Kung Fu, Horror, Police Procedural exploitation. I mean, it hits all the things from the 70s. Like, completely grindhouse release, you know? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I know people would argue with me if you were saying, hey, take one movie from the 70s that sort of encapsulates a number of 70s B-movie genres. I'd point to this and, and say, this has a
0: lot of stuff. It's like the Venn diagram. You put them all in this it big is, circle, it is, and, like it and it points people at this shocked.
1: movie. <laughs> you would have the Venn diagram and all of a sudden the only thing in the middle would be the Devil's Express and everybody would go, what the bleep is that? And we'd say, you know what, let us
0: tell you because we've we'll both watched it several times now. And you had mentioned in a prior podcast as we developed our rules of what a B movie is that you said if a movie has multiple titles... <laughs> It does. I think the fan of the Subway was one. Yes. Gang Wars. Gang Wars, yes. Which is sort of odd. So
1: The Devil's Express is the best one. That's a safe rule of thumb for me. If it has multiple titles,
0: you're watching a B-movie. The main actor, um, the character's name is Luke Curtis. But it's played by an actor named Warhawk Tanzania. <laughs> Greatest name. <laughs> Greatest name. And, I mean, that sold it. Like, when you see a name like that, you're like, I have to watch this movie. The guy is a mystery. I've tried to do research. Other people online have tried to track him down. It seems like he made these two movies. And that was it. The closest I came is the other character, his good buddy Rodan, is played by an actor named Wilfredo, Wilfredo Rodan. Rodan. R- Roldan. There There is an interview, we'll link out to it in our show notes, <laughs> Yes. We will. Um, conducted with him I think in the last couple of years. He discusses the movie. He also discussed, he was, I mean, he was a martial arts expert. I, he still is. I think he runs a dojo, and he is in a very specific type of martial arts system called Nasai Goju, and I'm probably slaughtering that term, but he has a lot of, of claim to fame in that, in the 70s, in the 80s, even now, in that type of martial arts, but that's the closest I could come to find anybody who would talk about this movie i think kaiser
1: soze probably found warhawk tanzania <laughs> mysterious i mean cuz we both did a lot of searching oh yeah and this dude really he did two movies he did one before this he did this and poof, That's it. he was yep. gone
0: and his, of course his real name is not warhawk tanzania i think it was at warren hawkins warren hawkins or warren hawks everything war like that
1: war there you go he took <laughs> the first syllable from his two names which is great you know for him cuz he got warhawk Mine would be pretty lame. It'd be like my <laughs> like,
0: Nobody, nobody wants that. The music, you know. At my age, I have to turn like you know the subtitles on everything. <laughs> and this is a great movie to turn it on. <laughs> it, it is. I, I, what happened was the character of
1: Rodan. I think it was. He kept saying a couple things that I couldn't understand, so I turned on the subtitles, and all of a sudden I noticed this movie has the most curious descriptions of music I wrote down. On one of the viewings, this is how nerdy we can get. I wrote down everyone that I saw and I came up. There were like 16, 17 different descriptions, just a few. They, they describe music as pensive instrumental, upbeat funk, mid tempo jive, tranquil oriental. People still said that, I guess. Ruminative instrumental. And then for some reason, leery instrumental. I think that might have been a typo. Maybe they meant eerie. I still think Leary is a little odd. What I love is that you picked that up completely independent of me. Because we were talking and I mentioned it and you said, yes, with (laughs) Pensive Instrumental. What? It was like somebody who studied classical music was writing the descriptions. And, you know, like, uh, I, was, I was listening to Brahms, and yeah. it was quite ruminative. And they said, you know, this reminds me of Brahms, maybe, because well, it's just, ruminative. Well, just the terms like upbeat jive, outside the 70s, but you just don't hear that. No, and I kind of wish we wouldn't, because <laughs> jive is a cool word. It's fine, you know? They use it a couple times. Like I said... I think there were about 17 different descriptions I wrote down. I wasn't going to read them all because you don't need to hear. The ones that we thought were most funny or interesting. The pensive instrumental, I believe, comes in in the beginning with this opening shot. Was it 200 BC? And we're in China. A group of monks in yellow robes and one leading them in in black robes. And the monks are carrying this, this big wooden crate and they're walking slowly through the forest, and they get to a cave where the opening is a pit. Take an amulet out of this little box, put it on the big box, and they start lowering it into this pit, and then the guy just cuts the rope, and the thing falls really far. Spoiler alert, there's a demon trapped in the box, and the amulet needs to stay on top of the box. Why did they do that? Why why didn't they cut it? Because it seems like (laughs) everything should just shatter
0: at the bottom of the pit, so it's very curious. After they drop it, what do they do? Apparently this, this demon is so dangerous. Knowledge about this demon and where this is buried should not be released to anyone. So all the monks are killed and the executioner then commits suicide to prevent that secret from ever going so anywhere. It's, it's
1: awesome. It's uh, The guy in the black, they're yeah. all sitting in a circle and they're very calm. And the guy in the black robes just starts cutting heads off. Yeah. And it's great because... They do the whole sword, that yeah. over-the-top sword sound, and he cuts all their heads up, yeah, and kills himself. And you're like, "Whoa, what have I gotten myself nope, into?" Nobody, no. Yeah, I, I do kind of. I wondered, like, one of those guys went, "Well, they didn't, they, they didn't tell me about this. I thought I was delivering the box." Yeah. It's, like, it's like you help somebody move, exactly. and then they kill you because they are like, like oh, nobody
0: gets to know where we live." Do you read the fine print right here? <laughs> Just to point you the contract, you, you accepted the terms, man. And for, for history buffs, around 200 BC, just to point out, it's the what's going on in the rest of the world the second and third Macedonian War. Just to point that out, you know, just to give you some context of what's going on. And then it jumps to we get
1: 70s New York, and it's actually a pretty cool opening. There, we get into the uh, I'm, I'm not sure it might have been the upbeat funk, yeah, <laughs> music. <laughs> I think it's actually pretty well done. We go from just shots of 70s New York, then we go down into the subways. It's like basically like you're on the front of a train going through these dark tunnels and it's this very weird, surreal music with like almost it sounds like sirens and and they cut back and forth. So every time you're underground, so it's like this idea of the underworld because we're going to be dealing with a demon. The underworld versus the living world above. So it goes back and forth. What also caught my eye is New York looked like crap. It looked awful in the 70s. That was the not a good time to be in
0: New York. It was a very dangerous, sad time in New York. Crime rate across the board had doubled from the 60s to 70s. The budget of New York City at the time was they were using some short-term debt obligations to run things. And they just got to the point where they couldn't manage anymore. And even Gerald Ford was like, hey, the city, we can't bail them out. And the city at one point looked at laying off six of its public employees, about 50,000 people. We'll link out to it in our show notes about if you want more information about New York in the 70s. But just caught me off guard. It's like, man, that city looks run down. Every scene looks run down. So then after this whole
1: opening, we go to our hero, Warhawk Tanzania. He is Luke Curtis. He's in his dojo. He's doing some martial arts with this white guy.
0: And who's the white guy? He he is Lieutenant Chris Allen. The man. The man, a police officer. But apparently a good buddy to Luke because apparently Luke either messed up a pusher so bad. Almost killed him. But Chris helped him out in the force. So now they're kind of buddies. They have this kind of agreement. They're not perfect, but... It's
1: dicey because Luke really makes it clear. Don't even bring that in here, man. Yes. That kind of stuff. (laughs) When Chris suggests... Could help out the force. He's like, ah, you want me to call it a pig pen? Yes. (laughs) I'm not gonna go to your pig pen. It's a one of those frenemies, I guess, is the modern word they use for it. Because Chris seems to really like Luke, and Luke tolerates Chris. I think is how I looked
0: at it. I think they have respect for each other. They're coming at dealing with New York from two different perspectives. You know, Luke from the community and Chris from policing but we're introduced to Luke's
1: friend. His totally unreliable <laughs> buddy Rodan shows up. This guy's a piece of work. He, he is basically the catalyst for everything that goes wrong in this movie and from the get-go this guy's no good. He just doesn't get like I don't know why you helped that cop. Well you know he helped me out <laughs> when I almost killed that pusher. Yeah. So, Luke is a civic-minded person. He's a good guy. He doesn't like pushers, we know, because he almost killed one with his martial arts. And and we find out Chris is talking about, hey, you got, you got a trip coming up.
0: Luke is going to go off to Hong Kong for a two-week trip. He is going to basically compete for his master-level belt. It's the best I can explain it. Not being in the martial arts world it sounds like Rodan is going to go with him and also compete. A
1: week uh, in Hong Kong, yeah, and then a week in China, curing the body and the
0: soul. I mean, Luke has this one bad attribute, and this comes and haunts the whole whole movie. He chooses Rodan as a friend, and Rodan. I'm going to point out, like right in the beginning, we know he's up the. He arrives late. He tells a racist story about gambling, like illegal gambling. Well, that's why he's late. If Luke had this strong moral compass, he just was blinded by one friend. And that leads to this whole... Everything. Like, if he would have said, you know what? Rodan, I don't think you should go with me to Hong Kong. Chris, do you think you could take a two-week vacation to come to Hong Kong with me? There would have been no movie, but he chooses Rodan. And that oh. leads to the downfall and the whole movie.
1: <laughs> it's right from the get-go. It's like red flag after red flag that yeah. Luke... If this is an important trip for you, this is not the person to take. I mean, I don't think they meant it to be. It's pretty good character development because in that short little bit, you immediately know everything that comes afterwards. You go, oh yeah, this guy, we saw that at the start. Here's the thing. We we don't even really do Hong Kong. Supposed to be a week in Hong Kong and then they go to China. But then we go and they're meeting Master Leon. And Master Leon, this was my take couldn't you just go to the Bronx and find a Master Leon? You go all the way to China and they're like, yeah, the master you're going to fight is Master Leon. I'm like, oh, was Master
0: Paul busy? (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of how I felt. And right off, Luke is still caught guard by Rodan's behavior. And he says, listen. His attitude's crap. What you do here is going to stay with you for the rest of your life. Which is a complete foreshadowing. Because that's exactly what happens. Yes. And, and they have... Good catch. And Master Leon has the test. And of course, who fails? This is my <laughs> question. How is Rodan even in this? Luke is clearly
1: the guy. How is Rodan even like allowed to engage? By the way, here's our first fight scene. choreographed martial arts. And oh my god, are they hilarious. It does look like a training video or something you would see, like like something you'd see at a fair or a, a, you go to the farmer's market. Some kids would be out there demonstrating yeah. because it's so clear they're like not kicking each other. Or it's like, <laughs> Jason, I'm going to punch two feet to the side yeah. of your head. <laughs> and need sort it. of very deliberately and slowly. <laughs> and they just do that. And yeah, Rodan Rodan gets rolled. Yeah. We, we knew that was going to happen. But what we didn't know, and I was pretty shocked, was that Luke...
0: He earns the scroll, man. As part of that, the next phase is that he needs to go off and spend the day meditating. But he has to choose a guardian to watch over him while he meditates. I wrote
1: down the quote. Now that your physical powers are at the ninth degree, it's time for your mind and spirit to ascend to the same
0: level. Once again, a bad choice. He chooses Rodan. At the very beginning, Luke is meditating and the Rodan completely gets bored. And he just takes (laughs) off. And I have to say, the guy has some courage. Because if I'm in a foreign land, I don't have a map. I'm just going to wander through this forest and then find a giant pit. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm going to go spelunk. Also, fortunately, the only thing I'll give him credit for,
1: one thing is that he thought to pack a large length of rope.
0: If I'm out hiking by myself and I come across a giant pit in earth, I'm not going to jump off... And spelunk down to that pit, no one knowing what I'm doing. And probably think is was the demon calling him because it seems really, really risky to do what he did.
1: I would agree with that if Rodan hadn't demonstrated that he is just irresponsible, untrustworthy, unscrupulous, just a bad, all-around bad person and a bad, and a bad friend. To be perfectly honest, true. Because when he bails, a viper sneaks up on Luke. Unfortunately Luke breaks his meditation, finds it, and then he has to go find Rodan cuz he goes, "Yeah, I make poor choices." Goes without saying the cave and the pit that Rodan finds. Has, We've been to that has, pit has before. Has the crate. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: Rodan takes that amulet.
1: This place has strange vibes. Luke knows immediately. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's something off here. And maybe that is something where, where Rodan has no conscience or is a bad person. So he doesn't understand those the vibes there as being bad. He's like, well, this is good for me. Luke finally finds him. He's like, what are you doing down this pit? And, of
0: course, Rodan being Rodan is defiant. I think Rodan also finally found this is the perfect you know, accoutrement to my 1970s, <laughs> my silk shirts, <laughs> my silk shirts that I wear. This is what I've been looking for, <laughs> and i got to tell you, it is.
1: I mean, I mean, I mean that amulet on the necklace. That it, it really just it ties his whole lame outfit together. So you take the amulet, freeze the demon. So the demon punches its way. We see its arms punch out of the box. Then I kind of like this. There's some cool kind of camera movement, point of views, like seeing from the demon going through the forest and kind of moving moving slowly and there's like a, an ominous wind that's kind of following it. Gets to the water's edge and you just see the reflection of it raising
0: its arms. I enjoyed that part. And the demon finally takes possession of a businessman. This is the 1970s. You could just literally pull up and the ship yeah. that's going from Hong Kong to New York, you just like wait at the gangplank to get the board the ship. No immigration check. <laughs> They're like no passports. Just get on. And the demon possesses this man.
1: Nothing good's gonna come from hanging out at the docks smoking in the middle of the night. But one thing I thought was, wait, this is the '70s. You didn't have to stand at the bottom of the gangway no. smoking. You could just walk up on there and smoke. You could be smoking the whole time. Everybody's smoking in this movie. In fact, I think some places <laughs> required it. I'm not sure. You, I think you disagree with me. And a lot of people might. We get low budget. They're doing what they can. They couldn't use like fake contact lenses, I guess. So what they did was they painted on the guy's eyelids. And it's basically like white background. And then it's like a dot of black in the middle. So the actor's eyes are always closed. And if he raises his eyebrows, it looks like the eyes are expanding. Yes, it's cheap as all hell. I found it had just the creepiest effect on me. After the guy gets possessed, we're in New York. And here's the actor and he's walking and his eyes are closed, but they're painted this way. And it's just so disturbing. And the actor's trying his best to look like he's walking. But his eyes
0: are closed, so... I think that was part of that practical effect, where it looks like his eyes are open. And he's possessed by a demon. And so, since his eyes are actually truly closed, and trying to walk in a very herky-jerky manner, I think it worked, and it was creepy. Like, it was really an odd shot, and I'm like, that yeah. was a really good, and, and low-budget practical effect. And
1: the actor did a good job making the eyes sort of expand and contract... So um, this Roosters, man, I got to tell you, I kind of wish these guys had a a larger
0: distribution. Did you stop at, like, did they have a tasting room? We did the last time we were
1: there. When I was here this last time, uh, it was a little far just for the short time I was there. We discovered them at a restaurant and then sort of made nice with the people and went to one of their breweries. Had a little bite. They've got all sorts of rules. A lot of places you have to eat. In order to drink, and I'm like, I can do both. I've had a few different things from these guys, and and I just think they've been around since 1995.
0: That's good. So they're doing something right. If yeah. You, if
1: you can keep a brewery open 25 years, especially with state where laws can get a little different. It's th-
0: strange that all the states have different liquor laws.
1: I mean, where I grew up, it's like you could go to mass at like 7.30 on a Sunday morning and go to a bar afterwards. (laughs) If that was your desire, and for some people it was. We've got the creature. It's going through New York. It it doesn't, the horns are honking. And it just stumbles and somehow knows New York well enough that it makes its way from wherever boats dock to the subway. So and then it finds its way to a tunnel. Then we find out a new level of
0: just crappiness of rodan rodan has a very bad bad day he takes his buddy and they're gonna have a drug deal in the broad daylight on a corner of a busy street street yeah it's a busy street it doesn't look like they're just buying like some cocaine
1: to have for the weekend they're buying a large amount of cocaine they They taste it they taste it so much several several times (laughs) several times (laughs) and there's I always and, and they're doing the head nod like, yeah, yeah, yeah oh yes, yeah, this, this is cocaine. This is great. This, this is, is great. cocaine.
0: Because is... the red dragons jump in right after the deal with a gun in broad daylight. like They pull a gun like on a busy street and they make Rodan turn over that drugs. This is an interesting scene because it shows what a poor decision Rodan means and how dangerous it can be. And then the next scene is this wonderful life that Luke had this montage with this great song. The Devil's (laughs) Express love theme and montage. Where Luke is just... You gotta talk about the song first. Okay. Stuck in my head and I had to transcribe the song. It is the cheesiest romantic love song. Just so bad, but it's played over this day where Luke, he wakes up with his lady they spend the day together. You find out the Hulk kids want to play stickball with him. People want to be his friend and high five him. There's a lot of casual 1970s shirtlessness, like where yeah. you're just walking around with your shirt unbuttoned.
1: He, he and his lady, of course, wear like Asian print robes oh, at yeah. home and they eat
0: with chopsticks. Of course. Because he's into martial arts. He's into martial arts. But it's just a wonderful day where you realize like Luke is truly a hero transposed from the scene right before where you're like Rodan is the cause of his downfall Not a good person And this whole song is played in the background and saying, And I have to find out the woman's voice who's saying this because if any, I love it If anybody <laughs> knows,
1: because we've both tried to look it up we can only find the guy who did it from the soundtrack yeah. We can't find anything else about this song yeah. but we're obsessed with this song <laughs> It demonstrates Luke as the civic-minded guy, shows that he has a lady, even though she doesn't say a word. No. She, she plays no role in the movie until the end. We'll get to that. Yeah. And this is just a music video. It's Be-
0: complete filler. We go to this bar scene, which has, serves one important point. Luke sees that Rodan is wearing an amulet. Otherwise, it's about a kick-ass woman beating two guys who are... Talking about my money. Like,
1: you owe me my money. It's like, yeah, oh. it's just that classic two guys at a bar. And and I also think it serves the purpose of showing that apparently in 1970s New York, everybody practiced martial arts. That's what I'm thinking. I have because, to watch this movie. Everybody. Because this woman, these guys keep arguing the same crap. And finally she goes back and says, I, I gave you guys a warning. Well, of course, the one guy decides I'm going to throw down with this yeah. woman. Which, in my experience, means pretty much every guy in the bar... Would be on you. But she doesn't need anyone. No. She beats these two guys up. So after the bar, we see Rodan is going to go round up his guys. And they're like, we're going to go get those red dragons. Meanwhile, directly underneath him, because he has the amulet, we go down, back down into the tunnels. Just by coincidence, the demon is right below Rodan. And the amulet is making it go crazy, crazy. And then we get a little gore because it bursts out of the dude's body. A decent and, job.
0: A special effects. I, I actually, I thought that neat scene was pretty cool. Yeah,
1: no, it, it actually was pretty pretty well done. Yeah. I may be wrong, but isn't it the most extensive subway system in oh, yeah. the world? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. You just hit the lottery. Yeah. You know?
0: And I think maybe like the end that
1: serves as a beacon. Then we, Rodan and his guys, we get to a fight scene that makes They Live's wow. fight scene <laughs> look so, so much better. It's
0: like, it has mid-tempo, it. mid-tempo drive music with a cowbell. Like, if you listen to the background, there's a cowbell. You need more cowbell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Michael, you've pointed this out. These people know martial arts. In terms of being able to pull the punch, it's like they're demonstrating martial arts. I just like the fact that the guy also like, you know what? I'm going to bring a samurai sword. First of all, like, way too many jeans. I don't practice martial arts, but
1: I have done things in jeans, and jeans are extremely restrictive. Yes.
0: there's no geese or anything like that no
1: it's just like loose fitting pants it's like a bunch of jeans and a guy wearing jeans and a jean jacket that he finally takes off I think he was just like hey I'm young and I'm ripped I want to look at but yeah it's great because they're all hand to hand fighting and it's almost like this one guy goes I'm outmatched and he just turns and pulls out of his jacket like that's on the ground he pulls out this big sword (laughs) it's just swinging and gets not one hit. And then another guy, he's like, Ooh, this is getting tight for me too. He pulls out this giant menacing knife. clear the red dragons are winning this fight. And then one guy sees the amulet. And what I like is he doesn't yell anything. He sees the amulet and he runs. And somehow all the other red dragons
0: seem to know to run too. (laughs) And they book it. And I did like the fact that they're really trying to weave the karate and the martial arts into this movie. They're really trying. I'm giving them the props. They're really trying. Oh, absolutely. No, no. (laughs) I couldn't
1: do any better. It kept reminding me of like, if you had like a martial arts like demonstration and they pull someone from the crowd. Yes. And they're like, oh, they bring up a sweet little old lady. And he's like, just stand right there. And I'm going to do some demonstration and do kicks and stuff. And she's like, oh... Oh, and you miss her by a foot and a half. After the demon bursts from the body, there's going to be a body there. And that's when we reintroduce
0: the police. We're at a 40-minute mark there. So all of a sudden, you're at the precinct. Lieutenant Chris Allen, who we met at the very beginning. Luke was training him. He's now back, and he's getting assigned a new partner that he's not happy about because... You know, it's Mike Walkburn's son. You know, this is nepotism. You know, <laughs> this is, was everything wrong with the police department? He's like Serpico. <laughs> he's, he's cranky.
1: He, yes. He's, he's smoking constantly. He's cranky. We find out he's divorced. Yeah. And the, his, the guy that shares a desk is like, you know, hey, you should be a swinger. <laughs> Which, again, very 70s. Yeah. Should be going to key parties, apparently.
0: And there's and, like, type, it, like yeah. constant yeah. typing in the background. I'm <laughs> like, where is all that
1: typing? His new partner is great because he's Sam. And he's clearly just a really nice guy. He's not going to fall for a banana on the tailpipe. And he's a college boy. He's got connections. He's very nice. But he's not from the streets. And Chris is a guy who's from the streets. And he refers to Sam as his driver.
0: And Sam doesn't care about that.
1: He's like, it'll be Watson and Holmes. He's just a nice guy. He's a blue blood. He comes from wealth.
0: He comes from privilege. He's a person who... Wouldn't understand why someone doesn't own a dinner jacket or is a part of a country club. But he's a nice guy. I think the actor does a good job and there's nothing on him. Like, nothing. I would say he may do the best
1: acting in the movie.
0: I'm going to agree with you on that.
1: I I, I mean, and and it's it's not slamming anyone else. You know, it's a low budget. I think we both found people didn't go from this to like major, 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 major careers, other than um, Patrick Adams, who did the
0: music. The director, Barry Rossin, he's been a producer. He did Zorro, the TV series in the 90s, Highlander, the Police Academy TV. I mean, he worked as yeah. a producer. And but he, the and actors didn't... Chris is the only one you can still find a very active IMDb page, and he made a horror movie a couple years back. It's, it's also a... on probably Mulberry Street. It takes place in New York. Okay. He's I got think a he's... face.
1: He's got a face that I feel like yeah. is somehow familiar, but it's also that... It's a New
0: York face. And the only other actor is the person who played the Chinese businessman who was possessed by the demon. He has an extensive... He's been acting for a long time. And It's nice that you mention that. Because the reason I
1: think we go back to the police is because, hey, they found a body down in the subway. And it's the guy from Hong Kong who the demon was inside and then burst out of. They find the body... And Sam is squeamish. Most of his police work has been done in a classroom. Yeah. Go out of their way to sort of make him look naive. And we meet a reporter that Chris doesn't like. Because, ah, ah, reporters, stupid jerks.
0: Like, he just doesn't like anyone that's not a cop. Chris's theory is now, this is a gang war. Something's going on between the Chinese gangs in the area and the other gangs in the area. I got to say, our next victim
1: is an idiot. (laughs) Because no way, and I mean no way. There's a guy who misses the subway. He comes down and he's got white shoes, plaid jacket. He's just yeah. He's just like oh, the like best seventies
0: outfit. And just
1: missed the just miss the subway, and it goes, and all of a sudden there's just an eerie voice from the deep dark tunnel. And it's a little kid's voice. Yes, and it's where the train just went. So anything that was on the tracks got run over. And I'm just going to be honest. No way. <laughs> I, be, I go, there are people who are paid to do this. I'm going to go run upstairs and tell someone,
0: call someone. You had discussed this when we talked about this movie. This movie could be seen as an analogy of what's going on in New York at the time. That there was some good Samaritans, and he's really trying to help. And you had articulated really well, so I, I think this is a good time to talk about that because it's 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 an interesting theory about this movie where we can make we can make this movie rise above a B level and say, hey, there's there's some socioeconomic aspects of this. Well, movie. I think a B a B movie can have
1: those kind of kind of aspirations, you know. But I, I was just kept watching it, and I went, we're doing the underworld and the in the living world, and then I thought, well, it's a demon. And New York had a lot of demons in the 70s. The demons being, you know, drugs, crime, poverty, lack of infrastructure. I don't know if that was intended. Maybe I'm putting that on. But a lot of times that's what, that's what, been through film school. And that's what they do. Whether someone intended it or not, they will say that. And there's been many movies that critics will look at and they go, well, this means this. And then the people who made it say, that's not what we are doing at all. You know, you are so wrong. And maybe I was trying to inflate this movie. But I was thinking, that makes a little bit of sense that it was a very haunted city. They find the body and this Sam gets really like, oh boy, that's not a good look. Yeah. And he gets a little sick. The reporter. Dead. Well, it wasn't a robbery because his wallet's full. And that's when Chris starts to kind of go. Rethink his story about a gang war. Yep. But this guy is a white dude and he wasn't robbed. Sam makes kind of a mistake in Chris's eyes (laughs) yeah
0: well Sam thinks he starts talking about these this theory that and it relates to these old urban legends urban myths and he says like there's actually mutated animals (laughs) deep down and some sewer workers had broken into where they had lived and and never filled up the tunnel to release them so these are what was it
1: cats dogs dogs, rats alligators. alligators yes
0: and then now they're coming up and they're attacking and their reporter's like you know what? I kind of like that idea. Boy, if if you
1: were a reporter and a cop was telling you this at the scene of a of a murder, you'd be like Great! I've got a quote. Yeah. I've got names. <laughs> I've got every. I'm gonna. I gotta rush this thing in. Type it up, Kolchak style. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be. That would be awesome.
0: <laughs> you know, this
1: is a perfect
0: Carl Kolchak movie. Oh, you know, oh. you just uh, see him down the
1: subway. And <laughs> you, you know what? Kolchak would be down there with his camera, taking pictures, you know, his and then pork Chris, pie hat. And, and Chris would take the camera from him Chris. and smash it. <laughs> yes. And it, and he'd be like you could. But I'm sorry, that got accidentally broken, <laughs> Kolchak. Yeah. You yeah. can come. <laughs> File a claim. So, and then what's great is we cut to Rodan and his buddy, not Tom, this is a different buddy.
0: Playing we're, basketball. We're
1: playing basketball and they straight up murder a guy. I
0: mean, think Steve was a little like, like he stomped on his chest and the bled Spurt. It's neon red. It's paint that you'd buy at Michael's nowadays.
1: Okay, they're they're playing basketball, and I'm watching them play basketball, and I go, stick to martial arts. Because, I mean, there's not much game going on, you know? But then some red dragons come, so they fight, and they fight better than they did the last time. His buddy just really just... Stomps the guy in the chest. Yeah. Kills him. And they book it. Then we start jumping scenes. The scenes do shorten up. Yep. We find out, for instance we get Sam and Chris in the car together and Sam tells Chris this weekend you should you should come up to the club or something and play play tennis and, play tennis. and Chris just kind of gives him a look like what planet are you from and he goes i don't play tennis and poor Sam just has no clue
0: that doesn't fit his idea of how the world is structured he's like you don't play tennis who doesn't play tennis he grew up
1: playing tennis he grew up around people who played tennis and he's not condescending again he just came from a different world and they keep shoving that which i think is another thing about the time and just looking at the idea of a sociological approach
0: i think they're making fun of like these people are going to try to fix new york and they're trying to show like they're so disconnected they have no understanding That's exactly, at all yeah and the, but these are the people we're going to we're, we're going to push down because they're smart and they're educated they come from the ivy league therefore they have to know better and they clearly they clearly don't
1: and then we get this poor train worker Why is he down there? I don't know. There's a guy in the subway who (laughs) actually looks like the old-timey guy on the uh, railroad. He's switching tracks. Yeah, just like he has a lantern. (laughs) But especially after we've had, like, whoa, two bodies, this poor dude is just down there in the dark alone. I honestly don't know what he's doing.
0: I have no idea. They just need another body count. Also leads to
1: one of our favorite characters. And honestly, I might actually take back what I said about Sam. Sam and say, this is the best piece of acting in the whole movie.
0: Oh, this scene is magnificent. It's I, basically I wrote down cra- some choice cra- cuts. Crazy, all I wrote down is, crazy bag lady, I love you.
1: We're on the subway, it's packed, and this little older lady, she comes in, and I just wrote down a, a few choice cuts. And she's just mumbling to herself, yeah. and she's crazy. She's just like, too many people, too much pollution, too much everything, this kind of place makes you crazy. And they call me crazy, the women here, they wear short, short, such short dresses with their crotch sticking out. Oh, look at, oh, honey, honey, you do it for love or for money. But it's just this woman who's like rambling through, just accosting everybody in her path. And then she is going between cars. She's just heckling people. Oh, just and, heckling and, people. And her <laughs> last thing is like, I'm going to go to Coney Island. Yeah. And she is just talking like this and mumbling to herself like, oh, that's crazy. Between cars, she sees the body of the poor train guy. I think he's beheaded. And she screams. But I got to tell you again, this Roosters, I wish I had brought more. If you're ever in Utah, because I don't believe they distribute out of Utah. But if you know anybody or you are in Utah, Roosters.
0: Um, Michael, let's play a game. How would you tie this beer to this movie?
1: Okay, we often try to tie the beer to the movie. This one brought it back. I wanted to have this on the podcast. I wanted Jason to try it. My tie-in is roosters get up in the morning. The demon can't handle the light. So when the rooster's up,
0: the demon's down. That's, ooh, that's good. That's good. What was yours? Um, I, I'm thinking like Luke's the cock on the block. He's the leader of the pact. That's mine.
1: You know what? Their tag, their sort of catch... Uh, tag is great beer gritty town good people there you go you could take the gritty town it's new york you could take the double and double ipa for two-fisted action because of the <laughs> all the martial arts all of a sudden we're getting a little oh more. yeah like, <laughs> we, we, we get into the beer a little bit and it comes up but no i think we i like yours i do like mine yeah no when, they're both they're when, when the rooster's up the demon's down there you
0: go Cheers again. Yeah, no, this is great. So Chris, he's, he has to talk to Luke. In his mind, this is still a like gang war. His well, detective skills are so. Far. He's, at, he's,
1: he's he has, <laughs> yes, he, because because it's only been like a day. Yeah, because he keeps mentioning like three bodies
0: and four two bodies, bodies four like oh four my bodies in three yeah. days. So it's <laughs> like
1: it's not even been a week.
0: You know, and, and people so, are dying right left, and he has no answers. And just, clearly, the only detective on this this whole thing, he is at his wits end yeah. a little bit. And oddly enough, instead of going to the dojo. He goes to a neighborhood bar and everybody recognizes him as the man. Yes. And they're like, they Luke. literally
1: do say the man. Yeah.
0: They, they do. They're. And they're allowing Chris to go and talk with Luke. But Sam's being left in the bar. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, fish out of water. Two women, two men, the bartender. Well, he <laughs> orders a Coke
1: with a lime. Yes, exactly. Like, oh. And the two, two ladies are eyeing him up and down. Yeah. Because Sam is a big strapping, you yes. know, good looking dude. Everyone laughs at him. And he just takes it in stride. Again, Sam is the most accepting person in the film. He tells everyone his His theory. theory. So Chris, they're like, you know, you go back and talk to Luke yourself. And Luke is just sort of kind of aggressive. And Chris is like, dude, I got nothing and I've got a lot of pressure on me. And bodies keep turning up. Just got to help me. If you hear anything, I would honestly think if you you were like civic minded as they've made Luke, he'd be a little concerned that bodies just are starting to just pop up. But Luke is just sort of badgering and attacking Chris. And Chris is like, just give me a help. Give me something. If you hear
0: anything, just let me know. And he goes back out and you're right like, everybody in the bar now loves Sam.
1: (laughs) They totally do. To to the point when he leaves, one of of the guys says something along the lines of, I'd do him.
0: (laughs) But then we go to a woman is now attacked.
1: She's attacked, but by one of the garden variety creeps. Yeah. And so this guy accosts her. You're like, ah... I don't want this to go any farther. Well, it doesn't. Because the demon emerges into just, the light, by the way. Yeah. Pulls out mouth, platform, And the woman screaming. And then he, and what I love is that the guy's... He's like, help me! He's just like, hey,
0: <laughs> hey, help me, help me. And, you know, no. No. <laughs> you got your comments. <laughs> yeah. And this is when Chris is like, there's five murders in three days now. <laughs> I have a new theory. Gang war is gone. It's a maniac after listening to this woman. And so then... then it's basically Rodan's last stand.
1: Rodan and Tom are attacked. It's another peek into Rodan's character, yeah. because he and Tom are attacked by some red dragons who
0: color coordinating this time. Black shirts, red dragon emblem. I like that in the gang. <laughs> yes. You know, they're like the sharks.
1: Here, here's another opportunity to see just what a like low character Rodan is, because he and Tom get attacked. Tom gets d- beat down. Yeah. And Rodan runs. Doesn't stay to defend his friend. Tom ends up getting killed. And Rodan just books it. For a long time he runs. Boy, I mean the French connection was kinda like, dude, you're this is quite a chase. I mean he does he runs and runs and runs. And then Chris at this point has shut down a stretch of the subway. Yeah. It's that's gonna be an express. Yeah. Nobody can get on or off in these stations. It's right where in the area where the demon has been killing people. So Rodan, of course, Comes to one of those and there's something blocking it. He st- doesn't care. He yeah. kicks it. And I want to point which, out
0: did we point out that the red dragon took the amulet from him?
1: Yes. You you just did. <laughs> In the fight, real quick, grabs, snatches it. Rodan doesn't really care. Doesn't care that his friend's being killed. He runs down into the subway. Red dragons do not pursue him no. down there. <laughs> they, do they know. I think they, they're like, God, no, you're on your own, yeah. buddy. And this. Rodan ends up in the tunnel. All of a sudden, the demon comes out of nowhere, grabs him, sticks his face into like a bunch of exposed electricity. And yet, it sounds like a buzzsaw. Like
0: it, I just some it, of the foley it, it, effects on this. Oh,
1: the the foley's ridiculous. <laughs> starting starting with the swords in the beginning. So Rodan meets an appropriate end,
0: and so Sam and Chris bring up Rodan's body. So Luke goes, and he's gonna go after the Red Dragons now. This. is... Is the worst choreographed section right here. It is subpar, but it does have upbeat funk music. <laughs> it has
1: upbeat funk. He goes, he meets the guys, four guys come out, and so Luke's taking them on. And they don't and
0: attack him all four at one time. Because that's what happens in these movies. Like, it's one yeah, at a time.
1: <laughs> gets down to the one guy, beats that guy, and he's like, before I punch your face in, you know. I gotta tell you the
0: truth, what's going on here? Let me take you to Old Wise Wizard. And, and I do
1: have to say that Warhawk Tanzania makes some of the most awesome faces when oh, he's yeah. fighting. This whole fight scene, why didn't he just say at that point, yeah, you should come with me. There's a lot more going on. There's a demon. Yeah, yeah. If you're prepared to tell him, why not just open the conversation with that? Like, okay, we'll take you to the guy. Yeah. We go to an old, 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 old man. We, <laughs> and we know this because his makeup makes him
0: look like a corpse. I don't know what their intent was with that makeup. I think it was to make him look like he was 300 years old yeah. or something. He explains everything of like why the demon is afraid of the light, what the history was around the demon, and basically says like, listen, you're you're the chosen one. You're the yes, only one yes. who can now We're defeat this Neo. demon. Couple
1: yeah. quick things. The old man says the demon wants to destroy the amulet. But whenever the demon gets close to the amulet, it goes like, like freaks out, it can't deal. So how how is how is that gonna happen? Also, there's you got to challenge the demon, and then if you lose, your your soul will be devoured,
0: and basically the world will end. Like the demon will control the world.
1: Oh, and by the way, the old man says, you know, hey, I'm gonna mind meld with you. Yeah, he's gonna do the old Spock thing yeah. for good luck. That doesn't really seem to have any impact on what goes on. A Whole bunch of stuff being thrown out in that scene that most of it didn't really fill in any blanks or help us out. It just basically said. Hey Luke, you are the chosen yeah, one. Luke, and you go down there, and <laughs> I wait for the demon to cr-
0: say, "I'm your father." <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: in your crushed velvet, golden velour tank overalls. top, <laughs> tank top z- speed
0: suit. Luke goes back <laughs> to the subway, and he faces off the demon. And this is when the demon has more power than we thought, because now shapeshifts. It shapes this into his girlfriend or wife, whoever that character is, who had no lines. We just saw it in that early montage. The only line she has is as yeah. the demon. The, oh, yeah.
1: The, the demon can stop the time outside of the bubble where they're fighting because the police are all running down there and all of a sudden they're stopped. And then it's invisible. And actually, when it's invisible and fighting him, Warhawk Tanzania does some good physical acting because he's fighting nothing yeah. and he's like getting beat yeah. you know because you can't see what's fighting you so he's getting beat it's pretty good and so they do a nice little job there of like making it disorienting and creating an atmosphere of just like an
0: otherworldly place and then, then he has to fight Rodan that's the message he was blinded by this friendship he's gonna have to face him at the end the demon had a lot more powers all of a sudden than it had before. It, it, and like, why not, why not take over the city with that? Even at night, I thought it would go up and terrorize yeah. the village, yeah. the village being Like, New we're only York. down like five people at this time.
1: I know. Pretty <laughs> lame. It's like, it has all these powers, but at the same time, after Rodan, it becomes the demon. Yeah. So he's got to fight the demon. And the demon has the least moves. Yeah. <laughs> the demon has no moves because, uh, you know, it's a guy in a suit. Yeah. But it's like, there are no kick moves or anything. In Warhawk Tanzania, Luke does a couple you know, cartwheels. <laughs> it's pretty great. And then he, he does a boom, he does kick. Bam. And he's got the demon down and puts the amulet around choking it or something game over time restarts the cops
0: can move again and then it's the epilogue we're yeah. at the hospital we're at the hospital it's like Wizard of, the end of Wizard of Oz like,
1: at the end of any <laughs> any number of, of TV shows
0: yeah. Warhawk <laughs> comes out from the, the you know the haze of being beat up all his yes. friends are like oh you know Warhawk his, like,
1: <laughs> his lady's there she yeah. doesn't get a line no no Chris yes. is there Sam's there wearing a Harvard t-shirt yes and Luke is asking Chris what happened. He's like, he's like, We found nothing down there, buddy. Yeah.
0: The old man's taking care of the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. it's on a slow, slow boat, boat to China. China. And this is the last line of the movie. Sam laughs and he says, like, that's the title of the song by Cole Porter. And George Gershwin, I think. And that's how the movie ends. That's not true whatsoever. That song was written by like Frank Loser in the nineteen forty eight. And they have like a lot of duets done, like Rosemary Clooney did it with Bing Crosby, and Bette Midler and Barry Manilow, and Miss Piggy and Roger Moore, but it's not associated with Cole Porter and George Gershwin. Sam, he doesn't know what's going to fix New York. Right. Yeah. Even
1: with all that fancy edge McCaten, he's misname-dropping Cole yes. Porter and George Gershwin. Yeah.
0: it's You need people like Chris and Luke to solve those problems, not people like Sam.
1: That's what they're saying.
0: Do you recommend this book? Oh, oh. At first... I was thinking, oh my gosh, Michael. <laughs> What's selling me on this movie to watch it is the lead actor's real name. But then I watched it and I'm thinking, this for all its faults. It's the acting is all over the place. Everybody has a different level in terms of their voice in terms of acting. Uh, but I'm thinking like, man, this has everything. It has black exploitation. It has kung fu whore, police procedural. It has all the types of genres we've discussed. And the music is fantastic. The clothes are outrageous. The, I mean, it's, it's one of these movies where you're like, it's so bad, it's good. And it, you have to watch it to experience it.
1: I mean, if you have Amazon Prime, it's right there for you. I've grown to really enjoy this movie. Not every movie we watch will I watch again. I will probably watch this movie again because I, I get a kick out of it. It's it's fun. It's weird. Uh, we we went way deeper than maybe the, the 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 people who made it think you know thought of it. They're like, well, I never really thought about the demons yeah. of nineteen seventies yeah. New York. We we were just making. They're just throwing. We read a book about Chinese mysticism or something. You know, I don't know, but I I I I, I dig it. It's it's it, it's not you know the level of. Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Sonny Chiba type martial arts. The martial arts they're kind of funny. 100% do I recommend this movie. It's it's a good time. And and again, it's one of those it's a, I hate saying like recommend a movie because of length, but it's it's an hour and 22 minutes. This is a few beers. And I mean, you're just sitting there going, "Wow, this is this happened."
0: And you go everywhere. You go like 200 BC to you know 1970s New York. You have a police procedural trying to solve this mystery. You have martial arts action you have whore demon possession you have this urban gritty feel and then you have this great soundtrack and you have i mean and i grant like warhawk like i'm a big fan of jim kelly like i i liked him in enter the dragon um i like black samurai and black belt jones you know, Warhawk tends He's not exactly there, but, like, he was great to watch on screen.
1: (laughs) You know what? He would be the guy you call when Jim Kelly turns you down. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And (laughs) and I'm sad. Like, he's a complete enigma. Disappeared.
1: After this, dropped off the face of the earth.
0: And I would love to find an interview with him and why he decided, because... I mean, I think you know, he could have had a, a career in this. I mean, it was well, funny. I, yeah. It was he, enjoyable. He had a
1: presence. Yeah. I mean, he was the cock of the walk. Yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, got to go back. Rooster's Brewing Company, their double IPA. This was, this. was That's a delicious beer. No, and you're this, driving this, through Utah. Pick that up. Absolutely. You know, Or if you have a friend driving through Utah, they've even, got room. Even better. They've got room in the car. <laughs> Stop at one of the state-run <laughs> liquor stores. I've had a few beers of theirs. Loved every one. This one was super tasty.
0: And, and honestly, if anyone could track down the female singer of the best day of Luke Curtis's montage in the movie and make a video out of it, I would love to watch it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is Beer Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. <laughs>